0: listening to residual exhale with your host boozy and baked now sit back pick your poison and enjoy the entertaining entertainment of two guys who never learned their lesson baked (laughs) Baked, how have you been I'm well, my friend. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm a little bit lonely here, Uh, trapped in my basement alone. I got my cat, and uh, that's about it.
1: (laughs) Usually when the story starts trapped in my basement, that goes in a totally different direction.
0: No, this this isn't a horrible, horrible direction. No, it's just the normal. Everybody's kind of trapped in their house in some way or another, but... Hey, I hope everyone's doing really good out there. Um, I'm hoping you're, you're tuning in and, and going to have some fun with us tonight. Uh, Welcome. We a lot to talk about. Welcome
1: to season two. I keep pointing at the microphone. Welcome to season two oh, of the Residual Exhale podcast.
0: It is the beginning of season two. We took about a month off here, and then we're going to try to do this uh, once a week, Um Pretty much, if, as, lo- as long as we're not doing uh, singers and, and we're not DJing there on Saturday nights, this is going to be the Boozy and Bake Show uh, Residual Exhale Podcast. This is going to take the place for the time being, anyway.
1: Yeah, and uh, as you can see, we got the logo. Logo's up on the screen now. Yeah, So that's kind of fun. So we thought season two, there was somebody we've wanted to have on for a long time. I'm going to keep remembering to look at the camera. Remember, yeah. somebody we've wanted to have on for a long time. Uh, we've talked about it. We thought what well, better way to start off season two than by having him on. So, ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Chris Hess.
0: Welcome, Christopher Hess. Here
1: he comes.
2: Uh-oh. There he there is. You know. There he is. <laughs> we figured
1: it
0: out.
2: <laughs> How's everything going, Chris? It's going pretty good. I mean, all things considered, it's going as well as it can. Um, you know, it's uh, it's been a learning curve, I think, is the, the easiest thing to say. That
0: uh, goes without saying. Yeah, I think it's been a, a, a very interesting uh, couple of months here for all of us. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, and I know that you, um, I, you, tell us a little bit about your business, first of all, because uh, we've been wanting to have you on here because we we love you guys. I know I've used your business a lot of times. Yeah. And uh, I know that you've been hit kind of hard by this. So let's start off. Just tell, tell everybody a little bit about what, you, uh, what your business is.
2: Well, yeah, for those that don't know me, uh, I own uh, what used to be, uh, Camillus Massage Therapy. Uh, in a in a, a horrible turn of events, I actually decided to do a rebranding right before this all started out. So the right. name of my company is now Integrative Massage Associates. And um, I was in the midst of the rebranding campaign when it first started hitting the United States. And then we had Governor Cuomo at first was, you know, warning us about what was going on. And then the next step was we've got to drop down to 75% and then 50% and then 25%. And the day that he said we're going to 25%, I made the decision to, to put my entire staff on furlough and, and close up shop because I knew what was coming. Right. Uh, so we are waiting at this point for uh, the reopening process, which I think is still a ways off. Um, it's you know If you follow whatever guidelines you want to pay attention to, it's probably going to be a while, uh, phase three or phase four of the the White House stuff before I'm able to actually open my doors back up.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, that is very unfortunate because uh, you guys are awesome, and but I'm sure that you're not the only ones. It's everyone who's in the massage therapy business and multiple other businesses as well.
2: Correct. Yeah, hairstylists are out, barbers, yep. uh, you know, uh, nail salons, those kind of things that provide salon spa type services that have. Um, you know, I use the word intimate to mean close, not not romantic. But for right. those yeah. that have intimate contact with their clientele, uh, it's impossible to to social distance and and do what we do. You could wear a mask, but what does the mask matter if my hands are all over your body? For exactly, or, <laughs> exactly. You, know, exactly. you can't really you can't do anything with a mask. It's not going to save you. No, no. One, the you, the remember
1: them, you remember them old school when you were a kid? Those the the incredible Hulk hands that you squeezed. Sure. Nobody wants to get massage. you know, you could use them, but what good's that going to do you?
2: Well, you know, and, and so you tap in, you tap into my biggest fear is that when this is over and the government says I can open up shop again, my concern is that there's going to be this residual, and I'm going to steal part of the name of your podcast, this residual fear that they don't want right. to be exposed to something. And that, yeah. you know, I've been saying for a while that we may not return to normal life again for quite a long time. Uh, I agree. You may not be comfortable being close at all. And I think that that even
0: goes for the other businesses that are hurting a lot with this because we know a lot of people in this business is bartenders, bar owners, um, like restaurants are still kind of in business because they have the the takeout, the carryout and everything like that, the delivery. Um, But bars like Singers uh, are closed for now. And then when they do open, I don't know how many people are going to be feel comfortable going to a bar and being with that many people in one area.
2: Sure, and concerts. I mean, <laughs> I have I have, you know, a few hundred dollars in concert tickets uh, coming up this summer that I mean, I've already had one definitely canceled, you know, it was or no, two, I'm sorry, two. That definitely canceled and there may not be concerts, you know, Lakeview right? Amphitheater may not run any concerts at all this year. Um, you know, the the San Diego Comic-Con, they just announced that yesterday, which is not in the, at the end of July. In San Diego, they've already, re- you know, proactively canceled an event that had tens of thousands of people coming to one place. Yeah. Concerts, I think, are are, are going to come right after this.
1: I, I really feel like also something else you're going to see a lot for the foreseeable future, even when the even when it's when it's over, is you're going to see a lot of people walk around wearing masks. Yeah, I think I, I just yeah. think that's going to become a new normal. I but think it has
2: been in in many Asian countries. Uh, for quite a long time yeah uh, generally to deal with you know it was more about dealing with smog issues mm-hmm. um, you know and, and, and other kinds of um, you know contaminants in the air but they they also when they're sick it's it's part of that culture to to cover their face because and that's why we wear these masks you know people are like oh you know it doesn't it doesn't stop you from catching it no it's to keep you from spitting all over the idiot next to you you know, it's yeah. that, you know and that's true that's what the, the whole thing was my point was like
0: masks are for the people that are sick but then again, you don't know whether you, uh, with this virus, there's a lot of people who uh, might have it, but aren't exhibiting uh, any kind of symptoms at all. Sure. So yeah. you may as well wear it uh, just to keep yourself, not
2: only to keep yourself safe, but to keep others safe as well. Yeah. Four to five days, they're saying, before you show any symptoms whatsoever. Uh, people that are healthy and I, myself, I'm a marathon runner. Now, there's no indication that being a marathon runner, having a strong cardiovascular does anything to keep you safe. Right. Right. However, in the event that it, it does, or they say as many as eighty percent of the people that contract the coronavirus show no symptoms; they're asymptomatic, right? And they're still carrying and passing along uh, the the virus. Yeah. So you could have it for fourteen days before it passes through your system. Meanwhile, you have no idea you have it, and everybody you're in contact with you're possibly mm-hmm. spreading into it to. It's it's it really yeah. is. I and, I don't. Say I have, I have a strong, You got to take it
0: seriously. I have a strong. I'm not a marathon runner, but I have a strong immune system. I haven't been sick in like three years. Like, I, but even with a common cold, but still, I'm gonna I'm gonna take every precaution, definitely to make I think it, with your I beard get sick or I don't get other people sick. Your your beard stops it. That's right. That's a natural filter. Yeah, the, the beard is a natural filter. It actually but, lives in
2: there. It lives in there yeah. and grows. The fourth generation of coronavirus is already <laughs> growing in your beard.
0: There's so many diseases in here. You have no idea.
2: That's that's very good. You're drink everything. Yeah,
0: you're. Yeah, you're not. You're not helping at all.
2: So. <laughs>
0: the other thing that is funny is that I have a natural smoke. Well, not funny, maybe, but I have a natural smoker's cough because I'm a smoker. So if I go out to the store and I start
2: coughing, people just get out of my way. They run. <laughs> they <laughs> leave the groceries right out
1: of the thing and leave.
2: And that's the big irony of this whole thing is it lands here in the United States right at the beginning of allergy season. So we're all coughing and sneezing and hacking. My nose is running. You know, it's a, what, what a big irony that is. That's
0: amazing. Yeah. We have a comment here uh, that somebody just put up. What are the drinks of choice? Chris, what are you
2: drinking? I am actually, today is a night of beer. I have recently said, now, one of the things with me is that since, I I am stuck in the home for this long uh, remaining keto, which I was for a long time, which consisted of primarily dark red, dry reds. Uh, I'm no longer keto, so I'm back (laughs) on beer. I am drinking a Tank 7 Farmhouse Alice saison from Boulevard out of St. Louis, New York, or St. Louis, Ohio, or Missouri, or ask the president of St. Louis,
1: wherever that is.
0: I've never heard of that.
1: (laughs) I'm drinking my go-to.
0: There you go. Yeah, a good Guinness for Rob. And I have uh, vodka with uh soda. So um, you know, that's my that's my go-to, just a regular yeah. vodka mixer. Yeah.
1: I am mean, surprised you don't just have this like a gallon of vodka with a straw. Well,
0: I mean I have I have the I have the bottle next to me, so I'm like this well, is fair. I guess that's right.
1: So Chris, you just said you were just saying um that you're you're a marathon runner. You every like I swear when everything's normal, every like two weeks. I see you've run something.
2: Yeah, well, the I, time, yeah. how
1: did it, How did that How did you get started? Like, is that something you've always done, or was that something you've picked up? Like,
2: <laughs> no, I was fat as shit for a number of years. I um <laughs> when when my Every, uh, when I met
0: you, you were fat as shit.
2: I that's right. So <laughs> when my ex wife, first of all, I was a Marine. I, I spent four years active duty in the Marine Corps. So I was actually in impeccable shape at one point in time. I was I was spelt, if you will, and um <laughs> good work my my when my first wife second wife second wife when my second wife got pregnant with our first child um she put on i don't know 30 pounds and i also it turns out put on 30 pounds so after she gave birth she lost the weight and and i didn't um and then she got pregnant a couple years later with a second child and she put on 30 pounds and i put on an an additional 30 pounds and then i remained that way for a number of years okay so she Um,
0: put on 30 pounds lost it put it on again and then lost lost it. The you just kept yeah,
2: on a nice fluctuating pattern of, of yeah. baby, baby, no baby. And I just got baby or yeah, you know, like,
0: I'm just going to add to what I already have.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, <laughs> less is more, you know, that kind of thing did not apply to me. More, <laughs> more was more. You had a nice and, uh, so I finally had enough. Um, and uh, so that the way it works out for me, I was a, I was a 20 year smoker. You're
0: listening to residual exhale with your host boozy and baked.
2: And in 2009, I decided to quit cold turkey in the middle of the, middle of the summer. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after already being fat, then the oral fetish thing kicked in. So I was shoving everything in my face for about six uh-huh. months. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I hit December-ish of 2009. And it was the first time in my life that I saw stretch marks on my body. So on my stomach, I saw stretch marks. And I said that wasn't it. You know, I went to, uh, went to Walmart and I went and got myself an exercise bike. And for the next six to eight months, I spent about three hours a day on that thing, and uh, dropped about eighty-five pounds. Oh wow! Yeah.
0: And I know you were doing you were doing uh, biking for a long time. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, like you you biked a lot, and then you started you changed a little bit, like uh, into. I know you were rollerblading for a while there too but then yeah. uh, you then you started the marathons then you started uh, the running training and uh, yeah i went from one I
2: went from one thing to another i did start out with cycling first so because you i lost
0: electric weight. skateboard
2: i do have an electric skateboard i have yeah. two of them as a matter of fact i have two boosted boards uh rest in peace boosted board they just went out of business not too long ago um but i uh i actually i was a cyclist first and uh because i had lost all the weight with cycling my legs had gotten incredibly strong so i did that for a while And then uh, the irony is that cycling people. So when you if you go out and you see a a big group of cyclists, for example, you know you watch you watch the Tour de France and you get Mm -hmm. all excited about cycling and you decide to jump on a bike and join a cycling club. You get out there, those guys are pricks. Cyclists in general, the 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 community (laughs) of cyclists are a bunch of assholes. So I. uh, I realized I didn't want to spend any time around those guys. It turns out the running community—they're all really nice. It doesn't matter if you are 60 pounds and running a five-minute mile, or if you're 300 pounds and, and walking it in 16. They they invite everybody in. It's a much more inclusive group of people, and and so I kind of uh, fell into that community. And even though I'm still I'm still a much stronger cyclist uh, than a runner, I I actually prefer to run most of the time.
0: Now, have you ever ever considered doing any, like, triathlons or anything like that? Does the swimming aspect interest you at all?
2: Yes. The answer is yes. So I actually – I was a state-certified lifeguard when I was a teenager. I actually worked out in Seneca Falls at uh, the Kegel Lake State Park. And I was – I I actually love swimming. And so I always thought, for sure, I'm going to be a a triathlon or a triathlete. I can run. I can bike. Why not do it? So I signed up. About three years ago, I signed up for – I think it was three years ago now. I signed up for the, the Green Lakes try out here over in uh, Jamesville area, um, East Syracuse, whatever. And uh, the day of the event, after spending $150 to rent a wetsuit and to pay the registration fees, uh, we had lightning, and they ended up canceling the race that day. Oh, and, no. Oh yeah, and God. I said that was it. That was, I was not supposed to do that. Now, so fast forward now how many years to this year – I said, I need to do a triathlon this year. I did. I did. Last year, I did 26 events last year between runs and biking events. I'm like, I need to do a triathlon this year. But I don't want to swim. Obviously, the universe does not want me out there on the water swimming with people. I'm also a kayaker. So I looked, and they had these multi-sport yep. events where you can, you can cycle, you can run, and you can kayak. So I signed up for one of those. And the first one was supposed to be May eighth and oh no that's been cancelled. So <laughs> I am I am gonna run it I'm gonna cycle and that's that's it. Yeah, just bad luck with that
0: I guess.
1: Have you ever thought about doing like the, the Spartan, you know the Spartan? No
2: no i have no interest in mud runs or cycle or uh, or, or obstacle course events or bubble runs or paint yeah. runs or run from zombie runs yeah. i was gonna like, do the run of the dead <laughs> no so and i have a good reason that they are they're all great events and, and they're wonderful ways to inspire people to get involved in athletics that normally wouldn't do yeah. uh competitive athletic stuff yeah. however i'm i'm for almost 45 years old and I, I'm worried enough about injuring myself running on flat, straight pavement. Yeah. I don't sense. want to be in the field. That makes and sense. I don't want to be climbing, climbing over obstacles. That, 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 makes totally sense. that totally makes sense. Yeah. I,
1: I want to do, I will, my goal was to always do American Ninja
2: Warrior. Oh, um, wow. You got a gym okay. right over here in Camillus that can do that. I, I
1: I Yeah. Then I tried to do a pull up. <laughs> <laughs> Game that, over. Didn't go well. No. Well, actually, when I cut my hair, because I used to have dreadlocks. When I cut my hair, I could jump higher because of the weight. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: I just counted that as a win.
2: Sure. There you yeah. go. Um, With,
0: so like, my, my ambition was never to be on one of those kind of shows because I've I've always been a little well not always but I've been a little heavier for the past few years. I've actually dropped about 150 pounds in the past two years, um, just from diet, you know, basically. Uh, so I'm happy about that myself. There's still a lot of things that I got to change. But my ambition was never to be on, like, a, a triathlon or American Ninja Warrior or anything. I just wanted to do the amazing race. Ooh, oh, yeah. There's not fun. a whole lot of athleticism to be fun. involved, but there's, like, puzzle solving and, you know, world travel, and that interests me. So I'm like, yeah, let's do that. Uh, when I was with Christine, we wanted to do that all the time.
2: Yeah, it's like a video game for adults almost.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Now. So I, I the, another thing I wanted to touch on with you, Chris, uh, because we were talking about how the the – Quarantine has been affecting us and uh, you know, affecting your business, but you have a lot of really weird friends on Facebook <laughs> that uh, that uh, they propose some pretty outlandish conspiracy theories. Can you? I want you to tell us about some of the the weirder ones that you've seen about why this is all happening.
2: Yeah, so it's important I think first to note that you mentioned i have a a broad spectrum of friends yeah a a very broad spectrum yeah yeah so i have i've had a number of different careers you know i do massage now but prior to this i i worked in the in the hospitality industry for a while i worked at uh also at singers but i worked at other bars in the downtown syracuse area i was also in sales uh for quite a long while i sold a number of different things and um the other thing is too that i'm very involved in the disney community and then because of that i've got a lot of friends that run a very broad spectrum of um, of different belief structures and socioeconomic statuses and and geographical spaces within the within the United States. So there's a there's a large swath of people. Yeah. Uh, Politically, I like to keep myself aware of what the other side is saying, too. So my more conservative friends, which I have a lot of family members that are conservative. I tend to keep them around uh, just to get the other side's uh, opinions and ideas and try to keep my mind open because you can't really feel strong in your own beliefs if you don't listen to what the other side has to say. So, Right. And just a prerequisite for why.
0: For those of you who don't know, when Chris says he's very involved in the Disney community, uh, he does run marathons down there. He goes to uh, Disney three or four times a year, probably. Oh, um, he has an entire sleeve of Disney tattoos.
2: Yeah, I got Peter Pan right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got the sword and the stone right there. I got an entire leg.
0: All over the place. So it's it, and that another. That's one of the other reasons why I find you so interesting, and I like having you as a friend because you're a career marine who is a disney fanatic and, and runs marathons. It's, That's
2: right. It's just crazy. <laughs> I am a, I am a walking conundrum. I am was, a uh, I am a your bottle enigma opener? wrapped up in a mystery. That was the uh, the Thanos. Uh, yeah, that was my Thanos
0: bottle opener. opener.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Opens up all the magic. So, I have seen a number of things. Now, it started out with um, Back in November, January timeframe, November, December, January, it started out with a lot of people saying that this was all, it was all a hoax, that uh, nothing was really going on in China. It's never going to make its way here. Uh, The Chinese are lying about the numbers. They're trying to scare people. Um, And then, then it became, oh, well, this is, this is, this must be killing millions of Chinese people. Now they're lying on the other side of it. Now it's a, it's a big, huge uh, world catastrophe and, and oh. trying to trying to keep it under wraps. So,
0: so they thought that we the, first they were exaggerating the numbers, then they were underestimating them. Correct, so it, right? It, it yeah. really because nothing
2: is ever true, right? It's always yeah. something is always a lie.
0: I will say that I, I kind of was of the camp that it's a tr- it's it's actually happening, but I didn't know that it was going to come here. Right I, at the time, I didn't know it was going to
2: travel to here. Right, exactly, and uh, you know, and I didn't, you know, the thing is, in in retrospect. Uh, I never took it seriously. I I yeah. found it to be like this inter- interesting anecdotal thing, uh, but I never thought it was a a real concern. You know what I mean? Right. So so then it started hitting Italy and Germany and Spain before really really popped here. Yeah. And the, there was this lull where everybody was aware it was happening like in slow motion, but nobody was really talking about it. It was this weird period. Um, and, you know, and, we, and I, I don't want to get super political on your, on your podcast here, but of course there was a message coming out from the white house. There was messages coming out from the CDC and, and they were often in conflict and whatever. Um, but then it, it actually hit and, and people like the real numbers were starting to climb here in the United States. And of course yeah. we're in New York and New York was the first one to get well, he- Well, Seattle first. And then it, Somehow jumped from Seattle right to New York, and we got we got absolutely blasted here really fast. And then the weirdest thing from was the first thing that I ever saw, and this is this idea that it's all from the five G towers, yes. that the the globalization of five G technology and um and and I ain't and playing reality. around
1: with graphics. I ain't playing around. Yeah, I there you go. That's, that's
2: awesome. So
0: this, uh, is really like, yes. this is like the news. I mean, we got we got we got graphics. We got everything. Perfect. And I mean, uh, did so you the idea right was that, that, and It wasn't like a squirrel eating a nut or something like that. That's so the,
2: the, the real theory, the real theory is that it's it it, it was a, a virus, a coronavirus, which is you is unique in its idea that it has a very thick membrane that surrounds the cellular information that it carries. So it has a lipid shell, just like our our, our cells do. Yep. And that, that that lipid surrounding on a coronavirus is stronger than it is on other viruses so it's able to transfer more easily uh from one species to the other so that so they're saying that this one jumped from a bat population to the human population right, right. so the swine flu jumped from the pig population to the human population and 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 you know the uh, bird mm-hmm. flu, mm-hmm. flu bird. Yep. so they're saying this one came from a bat you know and, and maybe that's true maybe that's not true uh, i don't know i don't know if we ever even walked on the moon who knows but <laughs> The well, fact of the, the matter
0: is, whole other territory.
2: Yeah, that's a whole, that's a whole different conspiracy. <laughs> um, but so now the idea was that it, there is no actual viruses because uh, that China was pushing their five G technology, and other developing countries are pushing five G. And because the wavelength on five G is so short, it's able to penetrate our skin and rapidly change oh, our cellular no, structure no. and make us all sick. So that that was the theory that was going out there, uh, conspiracy theory, if you will.
0: Yeah, I I, th- I think I saw one uh, where th- somebody was blaming Bill Gates for everything. I don't even know what the specifics were, but they were they were saying that Bill Gates was the the reason for all of this.
2: Oh, the yeah. So it's it's all a money making scheme on Bill Gates's part because uh, several years ago, now he most people don't understand that Bill Gates, who founded Microsoft and and only founded Microsoft by the way, because Steve Jobs would not play well with him in the sandbox back in the yeah. Early eighties, so he formed he formed Microsoft and and basically through some shady business practices um, was able to get this monopoly on all personal computers going out there that were non Apple uh, properties. So he he built his wealth up that way. But guess what? He is infinitely wealthy. I mean, he's he is the kind of wealth that that a half a dozen people in the United States. Have this kind yeah.
0: of money. He's the kind of wealth that you when you, when you imagine him, you imagine him as uh, Scrooge McDuck diving into his uh, his whole treasury of coins
2: and swimming around in it. He could actually do that if he wanted to. That that oh is correct. Oh, he can give every. He can give every. Okay, she, he He can spend fifty thousand dollars a day for the next five thousand years and not spend all of his money. I mean, instead Bill Gates. Yeah, yeah. It's Bill Gates. I mean, he's 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 so funny. But the thing is, so several years ago, he quit. He he really kind of quit being involved with Microsoft. He quit being involved with Apple. He was on the board of Apple for a while, along with Bob Iger, and and uh, so he yep. was. He's been very involved in in a lot of things, but he kind of stepped away from that several years ago to focus on more humanitarian things. And yeah. one of those things that he and good for him because like he not only can he afford to do that, but that that's actually noble. I think well, noble, and he's and he's uniquely positioned to do that because he's brilliant. I mean, the man, the man created Windows. I mean, him and him and a few friends, and and also the business model that Microsoft is. So he's obviously right. brilliant. Yeah. And he's turned his attention. Uh, one of the things, among others, he turned his attention to several years ago was the idea of a global pandemic. Um, there is a fantastic TED talk he did uh, almost exactly four years ago when he spoke specifically about the idea of the next. Powerful coronavirus. He's he talks specifically about exactly what we're dealing with. Yeah, and he he wrote he rose the alarm, if you will, about how we weren't prepared financially, uh, medically, uh, in any way to deal with what we're dealing with right now. Yeah, crazy thing that I saw
0: um, was that I mean, when all this was first being talked about, the corona and everything like that, I had never heard of coronavirus before. And I think probably the general public, um, a lot of them maybe never even heard of the word coronavirus. It's been around for years. Like if you look on the bottle of like Lysol, when it says it kills 99% of germs, one right. of the germs that it's supposed to kill is coronavirus. It's listed right there on the bottle right. because it's the, the actual coronavirus has been around for so long. This is just a new strain that is super strong and, and much more deadly than the normal right. coronavirus. Yeah. Um, but it's it's something that's been around for a long time. This is just a new mutation. Like uh, same thing with like swine flu, bird flu. It, they've been around for years. It's just that this, this was a new strain.
2: Yeah, the the what makes it a coronavirus? You've seen the pictures of the sphere with the little fingers yeah. coming off of it all over the place. That's what makes it a coronavirus. It's those it's those little proteins that that come off of it that allow it to plug itself. Uh, almost like a uh, like a connecting toy to plug itself into our cells, and then this specific this and they call it the unique coronavirus. This specific one is is uh, I I would use the word engineer, but then it makes it sound like a conspiracy theory. <laughs> this specific one attaches know? itself what to the cells in our cardiovascular system. Generally, attaches itself to our, our our lung cells, but it could also be brachial cells. And then for for people that are healthier, it can actually get deeper before it starts to really embed itself. So younger people, for example, people that are catching the virus in their 20s or 30s that are in very good health, they see it in the cardiovascular systems of their lower legs. Mm -hmm. Their feet and toes are turning blue, but they have no lung issues whatsoever. No cough, no fevers. Um, They're seeing cyanosis or blueening of their feet because it's attacking the epithelial cells in their veins coming back out of their legs. Um, So it attaches to a specific type of cell in our body. And then what makes it deadly is, is that it creates this cytokine storm. You may have heard this term, uh, but it basically tricks our own immune system. So when we have uh, virus in our bodies, whether it's chicken pox or, or whether it's, uh, you know, a bacteria even or a different type of vi- virus, whether it's the rhinovirus or whatever, our, our body sends in this, uh, this cocktail of white blood cells. And, and that's called psycho- psychosis or cytokines that come in and they're able to attack these these cells that are in our body that don't belong. Well, there is some kind of thing that occurs with the coronavirus that tricks our own immune system and then makes our immune system think that our own cytokine response is another attacking foreign enemy. And so then we they create this cytokine storm where we start attacking it full blast.
1: Once New York City started getting cases, we've done a pretty good job up here of mitigating right I think I think we've we've like as soon as they needed to take steps, the the mayor and the you know like the county executives were right on top of it Shutting, they're like listen everybody just go home just go the fuck yeah. home
2: yeah well, I, yeah uh, ryan mcmahon our, our county executive he's done a fantastic job at, you know again not to get into politics he's actually on the other side of the party that i would be on if yeah. if i was at that level i will say he's he's a great man i've met him a number of times he's he's incredibly nice i do believe he cares about the community uh ben walsh uh, our mayor who's an independent he's He's done a very good job for the city of Syracuse. I mean, they're on a local level; they're handling it very well. And yeah, and of course, also being a rural community for the most part, when you come outside of the city of Syracuse, um, a lot of people have a major problem with with our governor as well, with with Cuomo. But um, you know, gun politics and and Safe Act and 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 you know, justice reform stuff aside, his handling of uh, the coronavirus has been fantastic. I mean, he's he's practically. Uh, up there giving fireside chats on television every day, and he's, he's <laughs> yeah. it
0: well. And, and Ryan Ryan's been doing a very good job, uh, definitely, because I, I see things that he's uh, putting out there all the time, and and doing everything, and trying to be as proactive as he can instead of being reactive, which I think is important.
2: Correct. Yep. Yep. And he's it yep. is a calm. He's a calm, uh, commanding voice. Uh, his his press conferences, although horribly lit, they look like horror shows. Um, but the uh, <laughs> On the on the county level here, not 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 Cuomo's. Cuomo's doing a great job, but Ryan McMahon. It's like it, it really feels like I'm watching a Clyde Barker movie. Um, yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's darkly lit, and he's got the two. He's got the two. Uh, the the um. Uh, the oh not wait, him. no, that was that Hellraiser.
1: That was Hellraiser. I'm sorry. For the,
2: for those that are that that uh, can't hear. Um, but he's uh he's definitely getting information out there. Well, he's tracking numbers well. You know, I like that they're explaining um, specific businesses that have been affected and and you know who's who's getting hit where and all that kind of stuff. I think he's handled it very well, especially for uh, for all intents and purposes, he's he's a fairly new county executive. Yeah. Um, Only only this, it's technically his second term, but really he was an appointee in his first term, so he only served for about a year before his second term started.
0: Yeah. Now, did did you do you have any uh, kind of like uh, special masks that you wear? Do do you have like a or is it just like the regular? Um, and, like, cause I I don't have a mask that I, I actually purchased, but I made myself one because I watched this Facebook tutorial. I don't know if you can see that, but oh yeah, uh, there you go, skull and crossbones, nice, nice uh, bandana that I made into a mask.
2: So I have, uh, being a runner, um, being a runner, I have uh, it's a scarf technically uh, that's really form fitting. So, and I can just pull it up over my nose and it it covers about to here down. Uh, But then you can also do these cool like flip up things over the head. You can kind of wrap it around and make a bow. It's like it's really nice. I use that when I'm outside in the neighborhoods. Um, Anybody that's known me,
0: wrap it around and make a bow, please.
2: Yeah, no, I'm not known of those. So, But anybody that's known me for any period of time knows that I go through uh, cyclical phases of wearing uh, bandanas, like, a, uh, yeah. like a, or a poison. And so it turns out if you turn those around and you watch a couple couple games of Red Dead Redemption, you can wear them as a mask around your face. So my son and I often go to the store. I'll wear, I'll wear red paisley and he'll wear black paisley. Right. And uh, you know, we'll, we're about to you up know, the store. Um, but then I had a good friend of ours. Actually, it's a mutual friend of ours uh, who will remain nameless. Uh, who dropped off uh, some amazing handmade um, Disney ones for me? I've got masks now that have Mickey yeah. Mouse and uh, the the Disney logo on there, uh, and they have filters and they have the adjustable nose piece, so they're very very nice. The only problem, again though, all three of us are bearded men, and these beards—I know you think it's a barrier, but it's not. It's actually a sponge. No, it, I, know, it, I
0: know, I know. It I it actually the Holly was on here earlier and made a comment that Joel needs a beard mask. Yeah. And I, I, I've heard that actually some of the places that are still uh, open with essential, essential employees where they have to come into the the work environment, that if they did have beards, they're they're making them shave them because yeah. it's it's a, definitely
2: a danger. Yeah, I actually shave my head just because of my hair. I have a nice patch of thin hair right here. Uh, so as it gets longer, it looks wispier and wispier. Yeah, and that's, so that's,
1: was,
0: that's the, the case. Too. That's why I'm wearing a hat.
2: Yep. Yeah. go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I do like the fact that I'm work from home now, uh, so I really don't have to worry about going out too often. I, I go out to the store for essentials uh maybe two times a week. I try to keep it to that. Um, but uh I'm I'm working from home. I don't have to leave home at all. So I'm and they don't care about this. I don't have to wear a mask when I'm at home. So I count myself lucky as far as that goes. And and even just having a job.
2: Yeah. Sure. Right. You know, and it's funny because oh. I when this first started, I knew I wasn't gonna be able to work. And I am one of those people when I I, you know, I, I do about 40 hours of massage a week. And then on top of that, I still run the business. So I probably do an additional 20 hours or so of administrative stuff. Yeah. Plus I have two teenage boys, I have a girlfriend. So my time has always been uh, incredibly packed. Yeah. And when this started, all of a sudden, I had a lot of free time. So I got really engaged. Uh, first of all, with my, I have a blog site so I started like writing every day and I was doing videos every day for my YouTube channel. And, and then I realized that I was getting incredibly angry uh, that my reactions to this whole thing, uh, I, I I assumed were not healthy. Uh, and then in retrospect, I realized that I was going through the grieving process. You know, that there's specific steps that you go through with grieving and one of them is anger. And it's and then, you know, then you try to negotiate and then you grieve. And you know, this whole grieving process is, is slow. And I came out the other side and realized that, it's okay to be angry. It's, it's okay to be frustrated. It's okay. Um, you know, to, to want normal to come back. Um, but it's not, it's not here. It's not coming. It's not going to be here tomorrow. It's not going to be here in two weeks. A semblance of normal probably till June, July.
0: Yeah. And and even like, like you said, uh, even if it comes back to they they open stuff up again. It's a semblance of normality because people aren't going to be behaving the same because they're still going to be afraid. Um, you know so it, it's still going to be out there and mm-hmm. another thing that i want to just mention is that you mentioned the, the the stages of grief that you go through is which is what people are doing right and it's it's not anything it's the funny thing is when people think of the stages of grief they think that they're definitely they're like seven separate stages that happen like in a row they no. don't it doesn't happen that way there are these stages but you will go back and forth through right, right.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You'll be angry one day and then you'll be bargaining the next. Then you'll accept it and say, okay, this is all good. And then you'll be back to like depressed and you you just, you're, you're going to hop back and forth through them. They're, they're not a a direct line of stages, but they are stages that you hop back and forth through while you go through that whole uh, grieving process.
1: Like I told Eric J him and I have been training for this. This whole, literally my life has not changed hardly at i don't go near people before this i stay i've been staying away from people since it started like uh, like like how chris trains for for marathons and and for biker i've been training for social distancing
0: my entire life <laughs> like,
1: this is i got this i got this
0: i've actually had people uh question me uh like they they've texted me and then uh, god bless for people like calling up or texting and checking on everybody uh, and how everybody's doing. I know I've been doing that with a few people because I know they're out of work and everything, Uh, just how they're doing with everything. They're like, well, how are you doing? You're, you're the social butterfly. You're out all the time doing different things. You have like, uh, I have pool league one night. I have Mm -hmm. trivia another night. I go down to singers a couple nights a week. I, I DJ there of course on Saturday nights usually. So I'm out of the house like five nights a week doing something with someone. I was really concerned for a while. And it, it yeah. took me a little bit, but now now that I've been here for a while, I'm like, this is this is pretty okay.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm actually pretty okay with staying home right now. Well, and I'm you know, and I'm lucky too. I, I I'm in a relationship with somebody that I've been dating uh, less than two years. Um and we've had a couple of we've had a couple of okay, I'm sick of this whole thing moments, but for the most part, we've yeah. gotten along really well. There's there's two groups of people that I'm I'm really concerned with one of them are the people that are completely alone i have a friend uh down in florida she's single as can be she she about three years ago came out of a very abusive relationship so it's just her and her three dogs and she's losing her mind uh because she's not around anybody i mean nobody she literally she goes to the grocery store and sees people but she doesn't hang out with friends at all and then the other group of people are those that are stuck in abusive relationships and maybe relationships that were you know, for the worst part, occasionally abusive, which I don't know if that's really a thing. But for that, maybe right. more physically terrifyingly abusive, that with this new added stress have become obnoxiously abusive or yeah. dangerously abusive. Yeah. Those are the people that I really, really worry about. Like you say, trapped. Yeah, yeah. And and, and you know, the hotlines. Uh, you know, I got I got I got a, I got one friend that works in that field. That that um, you know, like the Vera House and 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 social. Um, you know. Yeah social services field uh they're they're busy as shit right now there is so much happening and none of that's making the news because that's not a sexy headline right now with everything that's going on oh yeah uh, absolutely there's
1: been a lot of businesses like different things that have been created like that people didn't know they needed a llama in your meeting oh yeah (laughs) sure you can yeah. pay somebody a hundred dollars to have like a, a llama just stand there live and just stare at you.
0: <laughs> yeah, you really can. It, it, like and these uh, these apps that we're using right now, that everyone's using right now. Uh, we're using Be Live TV right now. Uh, there's also Zoom. Um, there's House Party. There's like a bunch of these apps that have come up to help people group chat with each other. And I
1: think like th- like I I think if this had happened like even twenty years ago. There would be a lot more people, I think, freaking out. But because of this stuff, we can do like we're doing. So, like, you may be like in your house, but you can still communicate with people. You know, you can still see each other. Yeah, I think think that really does help
2: a lot of people. And it also, I agree. There's a lot of people
1: that work from home now that wouldn't have been able to work from home.
2: Yeah, and my, my girlfriend, for example, she so she works for a state senator, and they have a daily meeting. Uh, where they're all there on zoom. Um, you know, the they had the llama, thing, llama on yet? No, there's been no llama. You know, I got a funny <laughs> story though. Uh a friend of mine was uh actually just yesterday was talking about this on Facebook. Her daughter, her daughter had put a a instead of doing a live video, had put a still image up into Zoom. And uh, you know, you know, because you know when you when you first yep. see it, you have that option of putting your profile pickup. Yep, but you yeah, know, to still image up and she's and my friend was like i yelled at her i'm like how dare you do that your teacher expects you to be watching and she's like mom she's got 25 little images across her screen like she has every any idea whatsoever that i'm not really moving <laughs> <laughs> and she's like my daughter's 10 she's 10 and figured that out on her own you know oh, so, that's, that's a good that, that's that's pretty creative though
0: that's a really good
2: point yeah
0: absolutely yeah. so well I, uh, so go ahead Joel. go ahead no, no,
1: go ahead. You do. I was gonna say, like, um, one of the things that has happened is I've watched, been watching a lot more Netflix. I've noticed there's some some shows have come along that, no, wouldn't wouldn't work. Shake
0: his head already.
2: I don't. I, he doesn't
1: even know what you're gonna say yet. Oh, I do. I'm
2: pretty sure I do. I mean, <laughs> how would that a thing?
1: I have how that become it. a thing? I can't.
2: I I I, I can't. <laughs> Oh, I can't. I mean. Oh, my God, but you should. I know. My son. Oh, okay, so, so I have, my, I have a 16-year-old, almost 17-year-old, and and he normally wants nothing to do with me, for the record, as most 16- and 17-year-olds don't. That's uh,
0: the right. case with them, yes.
2: Yeah. The other day, he's like, hey, Dad, you want to watch? You want to watch it? I'm like, watch what? He's like, Tiger King? I'm like, no. He's like, come on. Come on, Dad. Watch <laughs> it with me. I have resisted. Oh, you yeah, so definitely, definitely should. You're gonna give in to temptation soon enough. I don't know. Maybe I won't though. I'm I'm getting better at trying to keep away from thank god I watched that I watched that. that I watched
1: it a day. I watched the whole entire thing in like one stretch. <laughs> I
2: couldn't turn Ugh. it
1: off. And I'll tell you two, I have two words for you, Chris, that'll make you want to watch the show. Carol Baskin.
2: Yeah, I've heard all <laughs> about it. You know, and that—that's the thing, man. I'm still on social media. I'm very aware of everything that's going on, and and i, I feel like I know most of the story. I do know, I oh, do yeah. know that even in this even in this coronavirus environment, I have two grand, and I would like a tiger. You know,
0: I—I I, I will tell you that uh, Rob introduced me to this the other day. He was uh, showed he shared this video with me. It's on YouTube. It's uh, it's called Screen Rant. Um pitch, meetings. pitch it's, extreme it's, rant pitch meetings. It's a guy, they
1: all is just one guy, and it, he's he's talking to himself and he's doing like the pitch meetings for all these movies.
0: <laughs> he plays both the pitch person and the producer. Yeah, he just pokes holes in the, the, the plot the entire it's time. It, and they're like five-minute five-minute videos, but he does one on Tiger King, and it's fucking hilarious. Like, if you haven't watched it, just watch that. And it'll give you the whole gist of what the entire
2: series is about. So it's kind of like similar to that how it should have ended stuff that's out there. Yeah. Uh, That that, that same idea, but now it's the pitch meeting instead of a change.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's exactly what it is. So what do you got? I see you got that tank behind you. What's in the tank?
2: There's no way I can show you right now because this time of night they're hiding in there. Um, But I have two clownfish and a blue tang. So I have uh, Nemo, Marlin, and Dory. Um, Mm -hmm. You might be able to see right here that picture right there. I'm going to tilt this just a little bit. So that's the mask from finding Nemo. Okay. It actually says 42 uh 14 Waldy Waldy Wal-D Way, whatever okay. it says right there. So that's my Nemo tank. Oh, uh, that's behind you me.
0: You would have figured that the fish that were in his tank were Disney
2: fish. I've been uh I've been burning through and I did finish up the other day Picard. I don't know if you guys have watched oh, Picard. I have, yet. I have yet to watch that. That's on that's next on my list. So good. So good. I highly if you are a next generation guy or a Star Trek guy in general. Always.
0: I've met Marina Sirtis and Patrick Stewart um, at conventions. So, uh, yeah, definitely that's my next one to binge. Right now I'm kind of stuck because I decided a while ago that I was going to restart Smallville. Oh, shoot. And Smallville was uh, 10 seasons long. Yeah. And and, and I didn't realize it when I started it, but I was like, I knew it ran for a long time. I thought it was like uh, maybe seven
2: seasons. No, it's long.
0: I have time. So once I get through that, Picard is my next, uh, my next thing.
2: Yeah, I was shocked, shocked at how good Picard was. Uh, it yeah. was better. It was better than any. I mean, was, I mean, I've watched everything except for Voyager and the other new show. Um, um I can't uh, remember. Uh, I think
0: it was just called Enterprise, right? No, not
2: that one. That's the Sp- Scott Bakula one. Yeah, that's, that's another the Sp- one that was just on on CBS recently. It was on that CBS at, uh, Access. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, right. I forgot what it was even called. Um, it was so called watched...
1: um, Star Trek. Why'd we bother? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: But I, so I didn't watch that one, but um, that one aside and Voyager aside, which I have not watched, this Picard is the best, the best of Star Wars yet. And I'm I was a huge Next Generation fan. I was a huge Deep Space Nine fan. Yeah, um, I think that. Like I mean, Scott Back Scott Bakula fantastic. So
0: honestly, Deep Space Nine was one of my favorites. That was a really great. I, I,
2: but I heard Voyager was incredibly good. Uh, my girlfriend loves it. I never actually – I mean, I've seen episodes, but I never yeah. watched the special show. Me too, and I never got into them. I want to say I saw Wrath of Khan – or no, Search for, Sp- Search for Spock. But I, uh, you know, I was always aware of <laughs> it. And then I just let – just this past year, actually, um, November-ish, I got to meet – no, it was January, actually. I got to meet um, w- uh, William Shatner uh, no. here in Syracuse. And that was, love- that was really, really cool. Um, funny as can be got a picture with them and uh, and all that stuff so' uh, See, that's you know. right
0: up there with me uh, I, I would love to meet Shatner but I met one of my idols a, a few years back uh, at the one of the the, the, Na- the nationals at the State Fairground the car show and uh, Adam West and Julie Newmar were both there and uh, yeah, I remember that. autographs and everything like that but because Christine uh, my wife at the time and she was actually working for an advertising agency that sponsored the whole thing, we got to have lunch with them and I got my picture uh, taken and, and, and an autograph with Adam West. And the the great part was like, I walked up and I said, can I get a picture with you? And he said, um, he, he turned to his publicist and he goes, hand me a picture, like one of his pre pre printed pictures. And he goes, no, Adam, I think he wants to take a picture with you. And Adam goes, I know, hand me a picture. <laughs> so he signed, he goes, he's going to autograph it and he goes, and what's your name? And I said, Joel. And he goes, Of course. Like he should have known it all along. <laughs> uh, and, and just like in typical, you know, you see Adam West in as like the voice and family guy, and you remember him from the old Batman days and everything like that. It, he just delivered it exactly
2: the same. Oh, sure. Totally. Oh, yeah. So he sees me and he goes, Oh, hello. And, and I stood next to him, and then she walks by and smiles at him, and he goes, Oh, hello. Like, I'm like, That is the creepiest shit I've ever seen in my life. It was Classic so bad. Kirk. Classic Kirk. Oh, he was he was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was right on the nose, man. It was so bad. I actually have audio of it because they, they, you couldn't film it. So I turn my I turn my audio recorder on on my phone and stuff in my pocket, and you can hear him go,
0: Oh, hello.
2: You know, it's like, it's like so deep. It's hilarious as shit. <laughs> oh my god that is
1: amazing.
0: Well th- th- we were the other thing we were going to talk about tonight was uh technology and how it's changed over the years and I think we we kind of are segueing into that um yeah. which um one you of guys a living by the way. I, I I hope to someday. There you go. Um <laughs> we have been using these uh things like BeLive TV and Zoom and uh house party and all these other things to communicate I was thinking, can you imagine if this kind of quarantine had happened 20 years ago? Uh or f- even 40 years ago, because we're all in our 40s, right? I mean we're yeah. in your forties, yeah?
2: yeah?
0: Yeah, I'm 44. I think I'm, I think I'm the oldest here. I think we got 44, 45, and 46.
2: I am. Well, I'm almost 45. I'm still 44. So we're oh, younger than you. I, I just turned 46 in January. So oh God, that's so old. I know. God, I'm old. It does – 46 does seem significantly older than 44. It does. Yep. Really? Yeah. No, really. I'm not being funny. I'm saying older. that
0: because I'm 44.
2: It's the yeah. 45 cut off age. Like
0: now I'm in a new bracket.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. They do that in races. We talked about races earlier. So when, when you have an age group, it's in the five-year. So when, when you're when you're 41 to 45, then you're 46 to 50. So, you're, okay. you're in a different age group than us. You can't even compete wow. with us. No, I really can't. I'm definitely not doing a zombie okay. race. Rob and I are young and spry. You are old. Yeah. Right. Um,
0: I, I've been around both of you and I would beg to differ.
2: <laughs> 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 if, beers, if beers were virility, you, sir, would be virile shit. Yeah,
0: that's, that's, that's true. So, yeah, talking
2: about. Te- I'm neutered compared to you two.
1: Talking <laughs> about technology and with you being such a huge Disney fan. How are you with the the live action compared to the animated? Like, we're all go? garbage.
2: All yeah. of them. Yep, they're all garbage. I'm also accurate. Accurate. I was That's hoping accurate. you were going to say. Yeah. So no, I I I will say yeah. that I really, really, really enjoyed the Jungle Book. I thought the Jungle Book was fantastic.
0: I was going to ask you about that because I would say that would be the exception to the rule. Yep. Because that the was the Jungle exception. To the was rule. actually
2: and very good. Yep. And then I also surprisingly really enjoyed Aladdin. I thought oh, Aladdin yeah. was very good. Uh, with the exception of the two new songs, uh, the two new songs that were added were both hot shit. See, now uh, you've,
0: you've disappointed Rob with saying that you like Aladdin. I,
1: I thought Will Smith was. I thought that was. I thought he was horrible.
2: Oh, see, no, okay. So w- we'll agree to disagree. But that's strictly opinion. There's no. There's no fact-based bias to that whatsoever. Right. Uh, I. I think he did a really good job of not being. Um, trying to be Robin Williams, and I think that was the secret to it. If he tried yeah. to. Emulate or recreate Robin Williams; it would have been a failure. So it was Will Smith being Will Smith. The original Aladdin, the animated, was Robin Williams being Robin Williams. Robin Williams. That's yep. It was. Yep. So, so Will Smith was Will Smith, and I think I think that was the smart play. Um, I also think that the that the CG um, in the original, like the early trailers that we saw, was garbage, and I think it turned off a large portion of yeah. the audience before they ever saw the movie. Yeah, and so maybe, they get any idea what to too uh, early. What's that? Maybe they put those
0: the, those trailers out a little bit too early, where all the editing wasn't done.
2: There, yeah, there's a pressure on it. So, so the issue that we run into is when you have a director um, that's not used to using special effects or CG specifically. Uh, that's kind of what you run into, and and certainly um, uh, whose name I can't remember right now. It's uh, Madonna's ex husband, um,
1: Sean Penn. Uh,
2: no, um, no, the other one,
1: Guy Ritchie. Guy, guy
2: Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. Yeah. yeah. So Guy Ritchie was the director, and he's not a special effects guy. He's he's more of a practical guy. He's done James Bond films. He's yeah. really good. He's really good with the um, the hand to hand combat kind of stuff and like yeah, action. like action action yeah. sequences and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So the scene, the scenes with Aladdin going through the town and and up and down the buildings and through the windows and all that kind of stuff that was great. Um, but the the only the, okay, so the, the best part of the movie and the worst part of the movie for me, the best part of the movie hands down was the Prince Ali song. So okay. the elephants coming in and the fireworks, uh, which is the that's really one of the key scenes in both the animated scene and the and the the live action. Really well done. You know, the whole prince Ali mighty is he, that whole thing. Yeah. So well done. The 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 other key song, Whole New World, which is the the one that everybody goes to when they're flying around on the magic carpet and all that kind of yeah. shit. I, it was terrible. I swear to God, I could have worked with Adobe Effects and done a better job that he did and, and it was it was garbage I mean it was really really and so that piece of it turned it off didn't ruin the whole movie but um, there's a scene where they're flying down and for whatever reason they're flying over horses and it's super super dark and then there's dolphins in a river and like I don't know why there's dolphins in the Nile. Like I don't know what they were trying to do. Um, so like that was that was horrific.
0: Two um, penguins well, are like, what is going on? Oh yeah, so I, think, I think maybe they were trying to do the whole throwback to the actual cartoon where he was actually taking her through the world and not just Egypt. The the, the old like forty years ago Godzilla versus today's Godzilla. Sure. I, I just watched um, Godzilla King of the Monsters, which was. It's not a great movie no. like, as far as plot goes or anything like that, but I mean the monster fight scenes and the the special effects and everything they do, they were they're phenomenal. God, it, it's everybody. almost realistic. It almost feels like they are real uh, compared to um, a guy in a rubber suit uh, <laughs> stomp, stomping uh, cardboard buildings,
2: uh, which. So I have an opinion. I have an opinion on, on, on this specific thing. This, this idea of movies when we were kids versus movies today, or, or even more than movies, let's say IPs when we were kids versus IPs today, yeah. intellectual properties. Yep. So we, we talk about like the transformer movies, yep. um, you know, the transformers when we were kids versus transformers today, but we yep. see it. Like you, you bring up very specific one-to-one ratio stuff. Our nostalgia is more powerful than technology. So yeah. if you if you think about what was good and what you really enjoyed as a child 40 years ago, we compare our our mental memory of what that was to what we see on screen today. And it doesn't hold up. But we go back. Like for me, if I go back and I watch some of the things that I thought were incredible, uh, it turns out they, they really weren't. Um, you, try to watch, you try to watch The never-ending Story today, which don't get me wrong. I love yeah. The never-ending Story. Yeah, it's hard. At 45 years old, to sit through that movie. It is. It It, is is not easy. There are very few movies from that period of time that really still hold up. And I, I can name a few of them right off the top of my head. Number one Labyrinth with David Bowie. Okay. That movie holds up. Legend with Tom Cruise. And, and 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 Tim, that oh, that absolutely absolutely holds up. I'm going to say 2001: uh, A Space Odyssey. Oh, for sure, totally but you know what? holds up. Anything, anything Kubrick did, any yeah. like whether, whether it's Clockwork Orange or The Shining, Kubrick yeah. was way ahead of his time. Well, see, uh, those two that you mentioned though aren't aren't heavy on special effects.
0: But uh, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, 2001 special effects are a whole
2: different monster. Which I don't know. So I saw it's funny you say that because I saw a trailer. So we are at the 40th. Is it the 40th anniversary already of um, uh, The Last Starfighter? Remember that movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so the last it's, it's it's one of the anniversaries of The Last Starfighter and they're going to re-release it onto Netflix or maybe maybe Disney owns it now, whatever it is. So I watched the trailer. That looks like garbage. I remember being super inspired by that movie. I
0: I remember watching that a long time ago, like when it first came out. And and you're saying like 40 years ago, it's probably close to that. I remember seeing The Last Starfighter and thinking this is such a phenomenal movie. And then now uh, I I actually just watched that again. I'm going to say maybe five years ago. I, I watched it again and I was like, I mean, it's it's still a good story, but the special effects are like, it doesn't really hold up.
2: Nope. So I, and I have a theory on this. So if you, if you go to the theater, and I don't mean the movie theater. I mean, if you go to the actual theater and you watch live theater on the stage, it's very easy. I mean, of course you're sitting there. You can see them standing in front of you. You know that you're not really watching that scene in a different place. You know they're right there on the stage but we're very good at suspending our disbelief because we accept and sign the contract that we are sitting in this audience watching this and we're going to believe that you are where you say you are. Yeah. I think when new technology comes along and for our parents, it was, it was well blue screen at the time, green screen. Now it was, it was that green screen, blue screen technology.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: For, for the previous generation, it was animation. So my, our great grandparents were amazed by animation. So when we were in our our teens, early teens or even late adolescence, the very early days of computer generation was coming online and those computer graphics were unbelievable. And so we would we would seek them out and go, oh, my God, look how fluid that looks, because when you compare that to puppetry or to um, (laughs) playmaking. Yeah. The, or, or even Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm shot with miniatures. Yeah, you know, if yeah. you look at early CG versus miniatures, it, it was a whole different scheme. Right. But yeah. now it's funny because here we are almost 40 years later and the new star tra- or star Wars stuff that's being filmed is being shot with miniatures again, because it looks better because they can do lighting effects that make it look more realistic. Right. And, right. It, and it's, it's about finding the the right tools to do the right job. Computer generation. I mean, what, what they do with, what they do with Avengers what the technology can do nowadays. I mean, yeah. if you look at behind-the-scenes stuff from Iron Man or from Spider-Man, oh, they're yeah. wearing suits that look like cheap Halloween costumes. That cracks me up when I see that because we yep. just see the
0: behind-the-scenes things of like before all the effects are added and the actors are just trying to like hold the pose or, <laughs> you know, whatever well, yeah. when they're doing this. And it it's the green screen that, that adds everything to it. Uh, but again, you said like uh, back in the day, the blue screen uh, or whatever it was. I'm thinking of the like very, the, like early James Bond movies. Remember when he's driving in the car in a car chase? And you see that you see the motion weird. go by. Background is not doing anything with what he's doing with the steering wheel. <laughs> yep. It's just hilarious. And now they they don't do that at all
2: anymore. It, it's it's advanced so much farther. But nowadays, you know, you go back and you look at, uh, for example, Age of Ultron. So we're going to go back to the Marvel movies. You got Black Widow on a motorcycle going through the streets, uh, you know, and and chasing uh, Ultron as he's got Captain America and Hawkeye. And she's on a motorcycle and she grabs his shield. You watch that. Now, that movie is what? Maybe seven or eight years old now at this point? Yep. Even even in seven to eight years, that that animation, because that's what it is. That animation yep. looks aged. It doesn't. It doesn't look good. And right. Say, yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: There's a little known fact: Monty Python and the Holy Grail. All the coconuts were CGI. <laughs> I don't know. That,
2: is that is that true?
1: Did they even have coconuts? It, it's it's not true, but I'm gonna make it into a meme. So oh, there good. you go. There
2: you go. <laughs> <laughs> um. So for me, as far as technology goes, video games. Uh, I think video games are where the real technological leap Atari 2600
0: was one of the very first home entertainment systems and that's still very nostalgic for me I will still play those games and uh, of course the graphics are awful but then again seeing the like uh, Rob you just got the VR thing yep I did
1: thank God for the quarantine
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) but I've seen you play that and uh, when you're you're streaming it and everything, and those are some amazing graphics there. I, I play I play eighteen holes at Pebble Beach. Yeah, with a VR I,
2: headset I played, on. I played a real eighteen holes at Pebble Beach, and I would never want to do that again. That golf course is horrific.
1: I shot like a hundred and four, I think. <laughs>
0: I
2: that, that was eight, that was nine holes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I was just on the driving range. I, I was I was all over the place. So,
2: that was yeah i mean I, I, so I also i have oculus rift and uh mm. vr is is on unreal i actually have a hard time with it so i i play i play autica uh because yep. i don't like beat saber so autica is made by harmonics the same people that made rock band Yep. um and i like that better than beat saber my youngest son um he can play the shit out of some beat saber though it blows my mind um I like, cool I like Skyrim. I played Skyrim.
1: That's VR. what I play. I play a lot of VR Skyrim.
2: Oh, that's amazing. But, and then I also do uh, Elite Dangerous, which is a space simulator game. Yep. Uh, that's really good. And then I've got a couple of racing games that you you would swear you were in. The, I actually built a race car simulator. I have an actual race car seat that I sit in. And then I built like this frame around me. And i got the steering wheel and the, and the pedals. And I actually have a cup holder and everything for my drink. Um, so that's 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 great but um i actually been playing the shit out of some console games you know what has gotten me through uh this quarantine well it's not a quarantine but what has gotten me through the social distancing so far is uh animal crossing from nintendo could not have heard
0: everybody say that
2: oh could not have dropped at a better time that game is being played by everybody
0: correct me if i'm wrong but this is the way i feel with video games yeah, they've progressed a lot, but if I play one of the old Nintendo games or one of the old Atari games, there's still there's a nostalgia factor there that no matter how bad the graphics are, it still holds up as entertaining. I'm going to disagree only because
1: in the last two weeks I've played the Resident Evil 3 remake and I'm in the middle of the Final Fantasy 7 remake, and I will never go back and play the old ones now. So I'm going to talk to his point
0: very specifically.
1: About- um, I will I will play anything but ET on the Atari because that game was stupid. That game was,
0: cool. well, that was yeah, that's, that's like I, if idea. I'm gonna
1: go if I'm gonna go old school, I'm gonna play something like Legend of Zelda
0: or Contra, Con- Contra. Contra,
1: yeah, something like that. Double Dragon.
0: Okay. See, but
2: that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like the graphics on that are not. You guys are talking about two different things, though. So, so Joel, you're talking about the idea of. Playing a game in its original form, in the way that you remember it, well, right? on the and old, Rob, on the old platform, and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, re, and most of them you can play on modern platforms, so like Nintendo, for example. The, the Nintendo Switch. I've got a whole shit ton yeah, of yeah, original yeah. NES games and uh, a yeah.
0: whole emulator uh, that has like all the games on
2: them. Yeah, yeah. And then, but what Rob is talking about is this new phenomenon that's going on right now, where they're recreating games. Yeah, And bringing them up to modern graphics. And it's been going on for a number of years now. But the Resident Evil franchise, they made billions last year yeah. releasing Resident Evil 2 as a full report onto yeah. modern graphics. They actually took the original mapping software from the original game and put it into the Unreal Engine. Yep. And it's beautiful. Right. The, oh. the new one, if you actually if you actually just follow the, the main story quest, yep. the new Final Fantasy port, you can finish it in five hours.
1: Yeah, see, I'm like twenty. I'm like twenty six into it. That's yeah, see, I'm a
2: completionist, and and that's how I am with like like Legend of Zelda, um, Link. Yeah, no, the one about well, the Switch one. I forgot what it's called already. Anyway, the um, so my problem is that the the story is fantastic, but I get stuck in the details. So I'm trying to complete everything throughout the entire story, yeah. and then and then I end up losing it. Uh, near the end Um, same thing with like Red Dead Redemption absolutely beautiful game you really feel like you're in that world but then I get stuck doing side quests like I'm out there trying to hunt for specific types of animals and I'll spend 30 hours trying to find a boar and then meanwhile the the main storyline I've completely lost track of what I was supposed to be doing yeah yeah
0: wait wait, why am I here again
2: (laughs) yeah exactly
0: yeah (laughs)
2: You're listening to Residual Exhale
0: with your host, Boozy and Bait. I have uh, I've been out of the the video game uh, circle for quite a while. My my uh, the last one I had was a PS3, and that died.
2: I, yeah, have some sitting, I have some sitting in boxes, Joel. I'll give you one, man. You need, you need to be playing a video game. Um, that, not I, on I, it. I, I did just uh, uh, order
0: one of the Nintendo emulators. So I've, I've got uh, something on the way that has the old school uh, little controllers, and it's got like 516 Nintendo games. I'm going to be playing that
2: a lot. So one thing that, uh, speaking of new technology, since we wanted to go down that realm, so one of the things that's out there right now is Google has Stadia. I don't know if either one of you guys have toyed around with that yet. I've heard um, of it. So Stadia is really cool. And it's the idea that their, their Google Chrome, which I'm actually connected to you guys right now through Google Chrome, yeah. um, the Chrome framework is so good and so good with the this streaming video kind of stuff that you can actually play a video game through it. So what, what Google does is they have all the major console games, whether it's, whether it's px4 exclusives or xbox exclusives or nintendo actually they don't they don't have nintendo but whether it's a steam game or whatever it is that you want to play you get a controller it's their google controller the stadia controller the
0: reason that one of the reasons i wanted to talk about technology was because uh, there's a if imagine that this kind of thing happened 40 years ago as far as how everything's been being dealt with um, with with like these kind of apps where we can talk with each other and we can uh, communicate with each other via Zoom and um, texting and instant messages and everything like that, that still keeps us connected even though we're separate, which I think is very, very cool. But at the same time, because of the internet and, and the wealth of information that's out there, we have the conspiracy theories and the stuff like that that's being spread that is false. Sure. And and that's like that's a, a, a dangerous thing. That's like a, a definite negative to this happening right now. The problem with freedom of
1: speech is it's freedom of speech for everybody, and that includes the person who doesn't really have any facts. Yeah, who doesn't do their homework.
2: Let's be honest, the majority of people cannot articulate their own thoughts in a productive way, anyway. So they're not gonna spread the information any more effectively so memes these little immediate images that we're able to post online that's what allows this stuff to propagate in the way that it does on one side and i'm going to get political for a second but let's just leave it where it is on one side we got trump saying one message and we have cuomo saying a different message right there's there's a venn diagram of information where there's there's the cuomo message the trump message and then the middle is like the shared truth Right. Nowadays, if I miss Cuomo's press conference at 1130, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I can click on YouTube and watch the entire thing in its entirety. And that's, right. that's a benefit. So that, I, that is a benefit, but that's because you're using it
0: correctly, too. Correct. Because yes. there's other people that will say, oh, I heard this on Facebook, and it was someone's interpretation of what he said. They didn't even watch the actual press conference. You used to know where to go to get the fake news. And where to go to get the real news. Like back 30 years ago, you'd go to the Inquirer or the Star Magazine. Now there's websites all over the place that claim to be legitimate websites that sometimes people don't do their uh, due diligence and actually look up and see, is this something that's reputable or is it not? And then they start talking about then they start spitting out facts that are from these websites that are not really facts because can I
1: tell you, know. can I ju- tell you which one I hate the most? Like right now, the one that gets me from the daily mail Yeah, because it's British. Yep. So I'm like, that's literally Britain's version of the national Enquirer. Yep. It is. And every, and, but the problem is, is every now and then one of their stories will be a mainstream story that they pick up. So it will be an actual like true story like a real story. Well,
2: the worst irony is so whether it's whether it's dailymail.uk.co is the one you're talking about, you'll see that one pop up all the time. Um, there's a few of these out here that are not they're not exactly um, news, well they're no, they're news sources. So like like daily mirror is the other one, you'll see daily mirror yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they're, they're actual news sites. And if you if you actually click on the article and you read the actual article, it's factual. They're, the problem is not the article. The information that they're spreading is great. What we have is in a pandemic right now of false headlines. Yeah. So the reality is that most people, when they see a, a link that somebody shares, so let's say, for example, I share a link from uh, Slate. The majority of my friends aren't going to actually click on the link. I mean, who really clicks on the link and reads a thousand words on what Trump said today? No, Nobody actually does. They look at the headline and they infer the story from the headline. Right. And these, these organizations have known that for a long time. It's called clickbait. And that's what I'm saying is the danger of this today.
0: But if you picked up a regular newspaper or a regular uh, magazine like Newsweek or Time or something like that, and you read an article there you'd be like okay well this is this has got to be the truth because they're respectable right. and you don't people don't do that now now it's just a knee jerk reaction it's because like back
1: back then before the internet like the fake news stories the the, the the that stuff only had a couple places to go everybody knows everything and can tell you where they got you know well yep. that's what that's what this story from the onion said
2: <laughs> so there's a couple, there's a couple different things that are going on here uh, that are affecting so the, the the first one was the onset of the 24-hour news cycle when when news was dependent upon advertising sales. Right now, that's that's nothing new except that newspapers for the for, for like a hundred years were dependent upon uh, their classified section, their advertising, like like mom and pop stores would put ads in the paper saying, come and see our sale. And that's what allowed them to produce the newspapers to get them out and, and put them in your mailbox. And then as MSNBC and CNN and all these other news sources news sources popped up, it became this competition. Well, now it's advertising dollars are based on their Nielsen numbers. So it's based on the number of people that are watching their channel. So so a channel that gets 40 million viewers can charge a lot more for their advertising than a channel that gets 20 million viewers. So the best thing for them to do is to sell news based on fear and propaganda. First of all, Fox yeah. News is hot garbage, but I don't watch MSNBC, I don't watch CNN, I don't watch any of that anymore. I I will go to cnn.com and read a news article. I will right. I will go to foxnewseven.com dot com to read what those people are saying. But right. generally, personally, I, I get my news from NPR or from the BBC. These large conglomerates owning a number of local independent news. Well, they're not independent anymore. They were at one time. Right. Yeah. The only independent that we have, here, the only independent that we have here in Syracuse is Channel Nine. Now, I'm not saying that they're more trustworthy or not, whatever the case may be, that's a decision for everybody else to make, but they're independent. They are owned only by themselves. Our radio stations are not our radio. We have two different companies that own all of our radio stations. 13 radio stations are owned by two different companies uh, here in the city of Syracuse. So, I mean, that's the problem with media.
1: isn't Isn't one of the radio stations a local one? Isn't K Rock? Aren't? Isn't? No, aren't,
2: no. I think we have three. Don't don't we?
0: It, yeah, it, Ed Levine. Uh, uh, Galaxy, no, Galaxy is is uh, Galaxy. Galaxy,
2: Galaxy owns several. So they got what the Wolf
0: Galaxy? No, no, no. Galaxy owns K Rock and um uh, ninety two point one old. Oh yeah old yeah yeah. There there are more local and uh, we we do have we do have Wolf also which owns uh the country right. radio station the, the oh, like 95X is owned by I think Cumulus Cumulus yeah. yeah. Radio and, and, and yeah Cumulus is what uh is one of the big ones yeah, Cumulus and 95X. And
2: Galaxy are the two big ones here in the city.
0: Yeah, but Cumulus is national, uh Galaxy is local.
2: Um but the, but Sinclair, the Sinclair Media Group, for example, I think they own somewhere in the ballpark of like 28% of all news stations. Yeah. In the, yeah. in the country, it's, yeah. it's, it's asinine what they're allowed to get away with. And the problem is that we have uh, different administrations over the years that have systematically reduced the authoritative powers, which, you, you know, you don't want too much power. But at the same time, your regulators have to have some power. The yeah. FTC and the FCC have been completely and utterly neutered. They have no ability now to actually dictate uh, who can own what. And that's what allows for these large media groups um, to just buy up all of our news channels and, and and basically regurgitate a message to everybody at large. That's the problem, is that the, the people that are policing this bullshit can't keep up with how fast the propaganda is changing.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think our, our general consensus here is that uh, technology uh, basically has advanced to the point where it's – a generally a good thing, but you have to temper it. I'm um, used to seeing all of my my singers people more often and I can't see them. Um, so these kind of apps have been helpful very much in, in helping me stay sane uh, because otherwise I'd just be talking with people on the phone all day with my job and then I just want to shoot myself. <laughs> that's, fair. that's I mean, that's just awful. It's, that's just people being angry about their health insurance. Yeah, so um, I think we're going to wrap up here in uh, in a second here, but I think that uh, yeah, would you consider the general consensus technologies definitely helped us? If if we'd have gone through this forty years ago, it would have been horrible. It would well, been riots.
2: People would be riots. Maybe right, maybe, but you know, if, if you look at anecdotal stories, and there's actually some really good websites out there, uh, and and actually some good memes that seem pretty accurate as well about the 1918 uh, flu the spanish flu that that blew through the country okay um, and, and there's a lot of allegories to what we're dealing with right now mm-hmm. and it sounds to me if you if you read some of the revolting that happened during that time frame in, in in and it's actually in in the opposite parts of the country so for example there it was san francisco and seattle that revolted here it's chicago and in columbus um yeah but they it was very similar in that some areas are like no we're opening up we think it's over and then all of a sudden they had this this huge resurgence of it and keep in mind the spanish flu in 1918 happened during the end of world war one so they were everybody was like world war one was being fought on the fields of germany and 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 east france and, and 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 during the 1917 1918 years and we're over here in america being quarantined while they're fighting war in the European theater. So it was like this, like double whammy, right? You had people that were afraid that their loved ones were dying on fields, uh, in, in Europe. And then meanwhile at home, people were dying left and right, uh, from a virus that they did, they didn't understand. Yeah. Certainly information couldn't be shared. One good side from, from the media today is that, you know, you and I and, and Rob and, 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 and Joe and, and Dave and, Diane and whoever else can get information about how the coronavirus works and it's available to us. We can click and point and, and, and learn right on, on, on the internet. They didn't have that a hundred years ago. Yeah. yeah. They, had, they had Jim Bob, you know, from the farm next door that was telling them how it works or they had, you know, Marty in the, in the high rise next to him in New York city that explained how it all happened. The, the information was not shared the way it is today. So yeah. I think we have more information, which begets more, more, you know, conspiracy theory. Well, we that's the problem: more information
0: begets maybe more misinformation. Correct. That's but exactly the, at the point. Time we do have access to that information. Where if you do your uh, your homework, if you actually investigate, you can find the real information.
2: Right. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Oh, right. it's yeah. a weird time we're living in, man. Yeah. It is
0: definitely a very weird time, and I don't think it's going to get any. Uh, different anytime soon we we have a long way to go we definitely do um and i wish the best for you chris um again like i said i know that you've had to shut down your business because of it i hope you're doing okay um and we want to thank you very much for being a part of our uh, broadcast tonight absolutely just oh,
2: want to tell i descended into a little bit of drunkery as uh, as the time went on i'm on my my fourth bottle, I think. As we I, expected,
0: I expected that to happen. I, expe- I actually expected us to get into a lot more debaucherous
2: talk, but we didn't. Well, I wanted to be respectful. I've actually, <laughs> prior to coming on to the show today, I actually listened to several episodes and uh, I wanted to, to fit into the mold of what the show should be. And uh, and so I wanted to be respectful, yet still entertaining and ridiculous. But I didn't want to be myself because we would have gone completely off the rails. Oh, well-
0: you know what? We'll have you on again uh, sometime in the near future, where we can just like go off about whatever we want to talk about, and we'll just get ridiculous.
2: Oh, I would love that. I, love that. I love this kind of stuff. This is fun as hell for me. And uh, and anytime you want me on, man, I'll, I'll jump right on.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. We got. Well, let everybody know when everything is back to normal. Where 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 they can find you. What you so what you're now?
2: It is integrative. MassageAssociates.com. associates.com uh, if you actually do Camilla's massage.com which was the previous name that will direct you for the foreseeable future to our website three one five 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 two zero five five two is the phone number uh, that number is still active you cannot book yourself through there but you can call me if you have any questions at all uh, and you can also email me directly Christopher Hess LMT LMT stands for licensed massage therapist Christopher has LMT at gmail.com. That'll come directly to me with any questions you have whatsoever about anything that uh, that is massage related. Um, we focus on um, medical massage, sports massage and deep tissue massage. So we are not a spa. You're not going to get you know any kind of wheatgrass or hot stones or any <laughs> kind of any kind of that stuff in my office, it's nope. generally gonna be pretty painful. But we're there to get your, take your pain away and make you feel better overall.
0: I will, be, I will be a witness. I have used uh, uh, their services and they're phenomenal. They have spectacular staff, and uh, I have always walked away from there feeling so much better. Oh,
2: I, th- I appreciate that. I'm glad mm-hmm. to hear it. And, we will uh, throw
1: a link. We'll throw a link to the website down below when we. Uh, when we post us,
2: awesome! Thanks, guys. And by the way, um, you know it's funny because I knew this was coming long before Cuomo even talked about it. Because one of one of the things that my office does is that we are the only uh, contracted massage therapist for Syracuse University Athletics. Yeah, and they shut us down. Uh, long before anything else shut down. Uh, Syracuse University was one of the first yeah. uh, to actually say, nope, we're done, this is it, we're, everybody's going virtual. And I was in the midst of working with volleyball, tennis, um, and we were about to start up with field hockey, and they just put the entire spring yeah. sports season on hold. And uh, and that's how I knew what was going on. So
0: I was going to say you work with lacrosse too there, right?
2: Uh, no, I've been, you know, know, I've been trying, trying to get into that Oh, my God, I would love, I would love so, to get into lacrosse. Uh, it's one of the ones I'm working on. That in soccer as well, but uh, I had several teams out there at SU. It's a, it, and and we also work with a lot of the student union organizations to do um, you know their end of end of school or mid midterm uh, events that they do. So everything got put on hold. And uh, from what I understand, this is this is just rumor, so it's open to conjecture. Is that Syracuse University right now at this time plans on being completely virtual through the entire next school year? Oh, so. Their anticipation is that this is not going away anytime soon.
1: Wow. Well,
0: yeah, And, and even, at, again, like I said earlier, uh, being proactive rather than reactive, that might be a good thing. Because if you can do the whole school season uh, virtual as far as classes go, that's going to cut down on a lot of uh,
2: potential exposure and everything like that. That might be a good idea. Sure. Which, which also opens up the idea that so many people are working from home right now and productivity is not down. Nope. a lot of European and Asian countries have been doing remote work for a long time and it and it proves that work can be done at the same productive levels and it reduces carbon emissions, it reduces gas yeah, usage, yeah. all that stuff and and mental I, stress, all that stuff. I have I, I bought my
0: last tank of gas like three weeks ago. I've been working from home for three weeks and I own, my, I own a- I'm taking the same amount of calls. I'm taking I'm doing the same amount of emails. It hasn't changed my productivity at all. And I'm working from home. Why not just
2: keep that? I would like to say that I own a Prius and I have not bought gas since 2019.
1: (laughs) Very good. Very good. Um, And in in case, uh, if, if Chris is not at his uh, massage place, there's a pretty good chance you'll find him wandering around Disney world.
2: Yeah. Well, when it ever opens. So (laughs) that's, that's another interesting thing, right? So, Um, So the Wuhan thing happened. uh, Now, Wuhan is actually nowhere near Shanghai, but Shanghai Disney is one of the is the largest Disney property in all the world. And it was it was built a couple of years ago. They actually closed their doors uh, back in the very early part of November. And they just opened up a couple of weeks ago. They opened up with only a few rides and they are doing temperature checks. You actually have to get your temperature checked. And have, a, and have a, a clean bill of health before you leave the resort, your hotel, and go to the property where the rides are. And then as you walk into the gate, they scan an app on your phone, and that has a QR code that says, are you healthy or are you not healthy? If you have a fever, you can't get in. And so when Disney World and Disneyland in California here in the United States open back up eventually, they're going to have to do the same thing. The problem yeah. is that <laughs> – in in Asia, in general, China, Japan, Korea, wherever, they tend to have a more uh listen to authority type of environment. There are people generally will um, for lack of a better word, obey. And yep. here they just don't. Here we have a lot of Nancy's <laughs> that um are gonna do whatever the fuck they want to do. We and Karen. Oh, I spent a thousand dollars to be here, I want to get in. Yeah, we, we have, have a lot of parents who ads. are gonna ask for the manager.
1: Who's yep. working from home and can't talk to them.
2: Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, you know, I have, so I have a lot of friends at as, as being a Disney aficionado and I used to be a Disneyland cast member. I worked at Disneyland a number of years ago. Um, I have a lot of friends that work for Disney and they were actually all paid. Their salaries were paid until Sunday on, or Monday, Monday, maybe this week. And that's when they were officially furloughed. So this whole time Disney's been paying all their employees until Monday. If this thing was going to end, now keep in mind, Bob Iger is a very powerful man. The CEO of Disney, he's a very powerful man. He has very high connections. He He's talking to the highest levels of our government because right they, they employ 150,000 people. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so they know what's going on. Now, if this has been going on for all of this time and they just now this week decided to furlough their employees – they would not have done this if we were gonna open up in two or three weeks. Yeah, no, 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 no. So they, they, they know what's coming. Yeah. So this idea that, oh, we're gonna open back up on May 15th or we're gonna open back up on June 1st, I wouldn't count on it. I just I just wouldn't. And 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 this idea of returning to normalcy, you know, the, the movie theaters are the are the biggest hit right now because they there's no income. There's yeah. no income for those people whatsoever. The the movie Disney, for example, they, they make television and they make movies. They're they've stopped all of that completely they have several yeah. major releases that were set to come out in the next few months that are put on hold with no yeah. definitive <laughs> release date. You, yeah. you know you got black widow and mulan that were supposed to come out in the next couple of months and and now black widow has taken mulan's release date mulan has now been moved to the fall and then their fall movie has been moved to december or i mean to february i mean so like disney's pushing things around um um Soul, which was supposed to come out in June, has now been moved to next year. And the reality is that even if the movie theaters were to open up in June or July, they have no movies to show. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and and then television is the same way. Television requires advertising money and advertisers only want to advertise in shows that are popular but now all of your television shows are put on hold, so there's not going to be any fall television releases. You're not going to see any new seasons yeah. of your TV shows coming out in September because they haven't been filming. Yep. You know, so this is not over. Nothing's going to return to normal anytime soon. We have to deal with a new normal for quite a That's
0: long. That's why I'm watching Smallville.
2: <laughs> yep, there you go. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. All right, we got to. So really- Final Fantasy
1: Seven. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right. We
0: got to wrap up guys. Uh, thank you everyone who tuned in to watch uh, tonight. Uh, we really appreciate the support. Uh, make sure you spread the news to your friends, the residual exhale podcast. Uh, we are your hosts boozy and baked. And thank you so much, Chris Hess, for joining us tonight. It was a lot of fun. And um, I think we're going to have you on again sometime soon. So we can just kind of bullshit a little bit and do some more fun stuff instead of some factual stuff like we've been doing all night.
2: Hey, next time I'll, I'll eat a. I'll eat a- Inedible, uh, an and we'll uh we'll have a whole different time. Oh, hey, that that now you're talking baked language.
1: <laughs> this was his boozy episode. Next one's his baked episode.
0: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. All right, all right night, so much, guys. uh for joining us, and uh all of you guys out there. If you remember, if it's boozy, drink it.
1: And if I'm not there, pass it to the left. Be safe and have a good night. Peace.
0: Have a great night, guys.